Raylan Gibbons is coming back, so today I'm doing a retrospective of Justified. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about Justified and its original run, uh, since the there's a kind of a sequel series that's coming out in the near future with Timothy Oliphant back in the lead role as Riley Givens. Excuse me. And that this is uh, one of my favorite TV shows that I kind of like. It was one of the ones that was big when I fr- came out of fresh out of college and FX was starting to put out all of their uh, decent dramas, and it's the one that kind of made me fall in love with Timothy Oliphant. So without further ado... Let's get started. It takes a lot for me to follow a TV show from start to finish. Part of that is because, yeah, there are just so many TV shows, and if you like movies like I do, finding a show that maintains your attention throughout its entire run is a rarity. And I'll be honest, I'm picky. I want certain things out of the lead character and have stylistic preferences that may run contrary to specific genres. Based on the premise alone, FX's take on Elmore Leonard's U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens, Justified, should pass me by. A tale of crime and woe in Kentucky with a hero who literally wears a cowboy hat like an old-time sheriff? That sounds... well, dated is the kindest word I can think of. Instead, I ended up watching every episode of the show and came to love it and its lead actor, Timothy Oliphant, so much so that I'll basically watch anything he does from here on out. So what makes this show work so well? Well, I'd argue because it takes the tropes and trappings of two long-dead genres, the noir and the western, and blends them into a satisfying mix of drama, action, character, and comedy. But let's start at the beginning. Timothy Oliphant plays Raylan Givens, a seasoned U.S. Marshal who's just been moved, both as a reprimand and for his safety, after a shaky shooting involving a crime boss, back to his home state of Kentucky. Though he's more than happy to take down criminals and leave his old life, characters from his hometown of Harlan continue to put themselves on the Marshalls and Raylan's radar for better and for worse. So why does it work? Justified works for a lot of the same reasons other modern dramas work. It is well-written, well-acted, and with memorable moments and characters in equal measures that bobs, builds, and (laughs) bobs and weaves, builds, and moves in surprising and satisfying ways. And when I say the show is well-written, I mean both moment-to-moment and episode-to-episode. So let's talk about structure. Like a lot of dramas of its ilk, Justified is at its best when it blends episodic storytelling with season-long storytelling. Almost every season kicks off with the introduction of a new criminal or mystery that is making a power play or setting up shop in and around Harlan. And because most of our characters are cops and or criminals operating in and around Harlan, this means all of the characters run into each other and bounce off one another in awkward and interesting ways over the course of a season. If a new guy is trying to set up an oxy pill mill, he's going to run into Boyd Crowder, since this is his territory, and also Raylan because, well, he's a cop who can't let anything go. In an episode, this means that Raylan will have to deal with a crime or problem related to the new guy, and may even have a brief standoff with him, and by the episode's end, the initial problem is resolved, but overall tensions have spiked. For instance, our villain has a new angle to go after Raylan. It's a very smart way to maintain the drama through the season, and make each episode feel satisfying on its own before things come to a head by the season's end. It's a solid, reliable structure that allows each season and episode to have its own theme and focus. 
Season 2, for instance, is about past traumas and family while also tackling issues like corporate land grabs, living on the fringes, and beyond. This also works because the show has a fascinating collection of characters. Justified is a show that seemingly has a character for everybody. If you want a badass hero in the mold of an old western hero, you've got Raylan Givens. Now, Timothy Oliphant was no stranger to the western genre before this, having gotten his big break from the HBO western drama Deadwood, playing Sheriff Seth Bullock, and there's a few overlaps between Givens and Bullock. Namely, that both are lawmen who are prone to angry outbursts, don't have qualms about putting down criminals lethally, are highly capable in violent situations, and are unable to restrain themselves, often in situations where they should. That said, Raylan is much more engaging for two big reasons. First, he's charming, and we also understand why he is like he is. While Seth Bullock is nothing but intense, seemingly, Raylan is predominantly easygoing. He makes quips, he speaks nicely to people, and can even make an obvious threat look and feel like two friends chatting. He can read and connect with people very well. And knowing his past, his rough edges are easier to understand. We don't get a full beginning, middle, and end of Raylan's past in Harlan, but there's a few things we do know. We know that his dad Arlo was an abusive alcoholic and criminal who took out his rage on his mom and son, with reprieves provided by his aunt, and it likely contributed to the death of Raylan's mother. We also know that Raylan seemingly left as quickly as he could after spending some time in Harlan's only profitable industry, coal mining, with Boyd Crowder. And interacting with Arlo nowadays, it's pretty clear that he's still the same surly dick he was when Raylan grew up. So the angry outbursts, desire to protect young people and women in abusive situations, and a simmering rage in the face of injustice makes perfect sense. His dad was a violent criminal, so he became a cop. The other side of Raylan's coin is the fella who stayed in Harlan, Boyd Crowder, played by Walton Goggins. It is well known by fans of the show that Boyd was supposed to die in the pilot episode after being shot by Raylan, but one scene with Goggins in the role tells you exactly why the creators didn't do that. The Goggins has a very specific manic energy that is a perfect fit and counterpoint to Oliphant that reeks of shared history and each man talking past the other one half the time. He's also great because he bucks the trend of ignorant white trash criminals you might expect in a show like this. Boyd is hard to read from time to time, and tends to drift towards self-interest above everything else, but it's interesting to watch him and Raylan interact with each other and other characters in very different ways. The rest of the characters usually fall into the cop or criminal category with varied skill sets, foibles, and usually distinctive personalities. The US Marshals include Raylan's seasoned boss Art, who is the traditionally angry captain with a southern twang, who gives Raylan all kinds of shit every time Raylan does something blatantly illegal that puts a bigger case in jeopardy, a running theme that we'll get into. We've also got the deadpan Tim Gutterson, who is always available for a sarcastic quip to bring Raylan down a peg, and who was a sniper in the Marines, which comes in handy during shootouts. And we've also got the justifiably pissed off and professional Rachel Brooks, a black woman in a world ruled by white men who is the most ambitious, professional, and by the book of the bunch for obvious reasons. She's also Art's favorite. Other recurring folks in the criminal line are Ava Crowder, a woman who at one point has a fling with Raylan, who then pairs up with Boyd, Boyd's cousin Johnny, a Dixie Mafia creep named Wynne Duffy, Elston Limehouse, the leader of Harlan's secretive but no less dangerous black criminal organization. And that's before we get into season-long villains from equally seasoned character actors, including an Emmy-winning Margot Martindale in Season 2, Neil McDonough playing a Neil McDonough creep in Season 3, and even Mary Steenburgen and Sam Elliott in Season 6. 
What's great about all of these characters is how the show can weave them in and out from season to season or link them back to episodes from Raylan's past. For instance, Raylan distinctly remembers Limehouse beating a drunken Arlo senseless after Raylan's mother sought shelter in Limehouse's community. It is heavenly implied that many white women did this, knowing Limehouse can, could, and would handle any of the drunken men who came calling. It makes this world feel like a real place, with real relationships versus a crime of the week kind of show, where people pass in and out without any impact. And then we get to the genre blend. If you want to feel for Justified's genre, then there's probably no better example than its theme song, Long Hard Times to Come by a group called Gangsta Grass. The track is a blend of hip-hop and bluegrass genres that are commonly associated with crime and hard living in the South, which, yeah, that tracks. Especially since the show is a crime drama with neo-western trappings. I mean, what else would you call a show whose lead character wears a cowboy hat everywhere because it felt right and it fit? It's certainly a crime drama, since the majority of the film's plot centers around the criminal underworld, the power pl plays being made by its biggest players, and Raylan and company's efforts to thwart them. This can range from land grabs, local politics, drugs, murder, and beyond. What makes it stand out are the aforementioned characters and the neo-western elements. Raylan is the most obvious starting point, since he wears a badge that's a star and a cowboy hat, and has a nasty habit of getting into standoffs with villains. That's how the pilot begins and ends, even. But the Neo aspect is where the show get becomes more complicated and interesting, mostly in how it brings Raylan's old-school sheriff tendencies down. While traditional Western heroes were almost always paragons who didn't question their morals and never have an unjustified shooting, hence the title, Raylan has a lot more in common with the criminals than he likes to admit, namely that he gives into his emotions over rationale or the law all the damn time. His transfer to Kentucky comes after he kills a drug dealer in cold blood for the murder of a friend after baiting the man to pull on him. He screws up the initial investigation into Boyd by sleeping with the main witness and roughing up other witnesses. At least once a season, he'll beat the shit out of somebody because he's mad and not in self-defense. And he's not above making side deals or alliances with criminals to achieve his end goals. Hence why he and Boyd seemingly can't get out of each other's way. Now, the show is hazy when it comes to copaganda and morality, which we'll get into, but it is much, much better than about a dozen other shows like it, of its ilk in terms of accountability. The show also likes upending situations you'd expect to be solved with a bullet from Raylan's gun with more diplomatic approaches. For instance, taking down a hostage situation with, with fried chicken with a friend from Deadwood, no less. Relationship-wise, Raylan is also a mess. He's undoubtedly charming and protective of kids and women, but almost all of the women in his life, be it his ex-wife or anybody else, immediately recognize that Raylan is a perfect fling, but not a great long-term thing. His desire for justice will take precedent over almost everything else, and he also seems to be a magnet for shootouts and angered criminals, so yeah, not stable. As much as Raylan would like to imagine that he is a completely different man than his father, he's also a lot like him. That complicated relationship with the past and morality are also neo-Western themes that the show loves. For Raylan and almost everyone else in Harlan, the past is something they're both still living in and desperately trying to get away from. Boyd Crowder is a great example. He, specs, he spends his first season trying to be something different, but Boyd eventually winds up like his father, running a family criminal enterprise in Harlan before going to jail. And despite all of the death, destruction, and pain Boyd causes, causes Raylan also still feels an odd kinship with him because, well, we dug coal together. 
It's this inescapable connection to the past and old myths and memories that adds a lot of the flavor and personality to even a simple standoff. It's almost never Raylan versus a random guy. It's almost always Raylan versus someone who knew him or knows of him and wants to prove their mettle against a legend. When it comes to morality, the show likes to operate in the gray, despite being a crime show. Something I love about this show is how the marshals and other cops in the show are constantly up against what they know or what's and or what's right versus what they have the authority to do. Admittedly, this stacks up on the side of the marshals a lot, i.e. the criminals seem to maneuver the legal system better than the cops do a lot of the time, but it is a great way to establish the internal tension that the marshal's office should be operating under. Sure, it might feel great to rough up a suspect who talks back to you, but that suspect can then turn around and show the court a broken nose they didn't have before and end up walking. Likewise, Crime in the show is treated less like an Im incorrect moral choice that people make versus a means of survival or a life that refuses to let people go. In the show's second season, Boyd Crowder is cornered by men who want Boyd to join them in a robbery and threaten Ava's life if he doesn't participate. And what is he supposed to do? Report this to the police? How seriously would they take Boyd anyways? So he does what he can to save lives and thwart the criminals. Is it legal? Not at all. Is it right? An argument could be made. Same goes for Mags Bennett, who provides groceries and other essential supplies for people in Harlan by s selling weed, or Limehouse, who constructed his community as a safe haven against racial violence from both police and the white Harlan residents. And even Raylan gets this. He doesn't have anything against Mags until it's clear she committed a murder, and basically leaves Limehouse alone. Not all criminals are created equal in Justified's world, and the show takes time to show the audience the difference. Which brings us to Tone. Based on everything I just said, you might mistake Justified for a moody character piece about struggling, crime, and violence. And while it definitely is that in spots, the show is predominantly upbeat. A lot of that can be attributed to the source material, or rather the source material's writer, Elmore Leonard. Leonard is a name you might be familiar with, mostly through a series of his crime novels that were turned into movies in the 90s. Said movies include Get Shorty, Out of Sight, and Tarantino's Jackie Brown. And wouldn't you know it, his Western short stories are the inspiration for 310 to Yuma and The Tall T, both classics of the genre. While there's a lot to like about Leonard's work, his injection of humor and personality, especially when it comes to dialogue, is a staple that the best adaptations have always gotten right, and Justified is no exception. Conversations in Justified are crafted to be equal parts plot-driven and entertaining, with jokes, barbs, and quips traded alongside deadly serious scenarios. Not only that does that sand down some of the show's rougher edges, but it also makes the characters feel more complete. For instance, Raylan's Marshall friend T Rachel and Tim gleefully handing off a babysitting or slash snitch assignment to Raylan with a sarcastic celebration. Raylan cutting through Boyd's white supremacist re rhetoric by saying Boyd just likes to get money and blow shit up. Or Art making casual swipes at Raylan's checkered list of bad decisions. Uh, don't sleep with this witness. Make the Marshall's office feel like, well, an office. Even a brutal interrogation and beating of Patton Oswalt's bumbling sheriff is given punchlines as he gives out silly answers to questions about a man named Drew's last name. Drew! Drew! Drew Baca! The main problem I have with a lot of crime shows is that they tend to wallow or, or go further and further down a dark rabbit hole. And a lot, well, that can be very compelling, it is unlikely to bring me back. But a cop crime drama with razor sharp, sorry, with razor sharp dialogue and barbs despair? that'll work. And now we need to discuss Copaganda. 
No deep dive of a show about police officers would be complete without touching on copaganda, or to define it loosely, how media about cops reinforces police talking points and perspectives. And while it is far from the Wild West sheriff approach, Justified seems to want its cake and to eat it too. And that starts with the show's name, Justified. The term is in reference to a clean shooting, or a shooting where a police officer was right to use their firearm, either for the sake of public safety or self-defense. But who decides what a justified shooting is? In the show and in real life, shootings are considered justified after an internal review within the involved law enforcement agency. <laughs> Pardon. For a police department, it would be said department, and for the marshals, of which Raylan is one, it is the marshal's service. And saying that police departments and law enforcement agencies have a fraught relationship with how and when they, when they determine shootings or use of force is justified is a massive understatement. Almost every incident of police violence that has led to massive protest has been in large part because the involved department either claimed that the shooting was justified, only to change their story later when more facts and very often video footage comes to light, or district attorneys fail to charge officers, i.e. the officer who killed Trayvon Martin was never charged, because they don't feel like they could refute an officer account, uh, officer's account or the perception of danger in court. Justified attempts to mitigate this outrage by making almost all of the shootings involving police as cut and dry as possible. Either the criminals shoot first or are immediately threatening someone else. Clear and imminent danger surrounds almost every time a police officer fires a gun. And anytime anyone, especially Raylan, steps outside these lines, they fa face a fair amount of internal scrutiny, and can even see their related case go up in smoke. But there's rarely a direct consequence for late Raylan. He's never fired, rarely put on leave, and seems to shrug off ass-chewings from his boss like just another day at the office. Of course, there's plenty that the show carries from old westerns that can't be, well, justified. Just as an example, here's a small list of things that Raylan does. He roughs up prisoners in his custody, threatens to shoot men if they come near him again, actually does shoot men who come near him again, throws people in jail without cause, and Hallie's introduced by telling a drug dealer that he's giving him to the count of three to either start leaving town or he's going to shoot him, essentially baiting him into a quick draw. Admittedly, this show is a lot better about pointing up how messed up this is, and even Raylan himself demonstrates more self-control than other justice-wielding sheriffs. And Raylan is treated like an outlier, because there's no way in hell a normal cop would get into this many gunfights, seemingly one a week. But the show never comes close to questioning whether or not the police help, especially in an area like Harlan. In fact, most of the most, of the most effective resolutions in the show happen when the police aren't involved. For instance, Raylan operating rogue or colluding with other criminals tends to work a lot better. It's not as straightforward as a lot of traditional copaganda, but those crime shows and western roots are hard to shake. So let's, what, what can we conclude about Justify? On paper, Justify sounds like it could be a stereotypical nightmare, a southern fried procedural with an unstoppable badass at its core. But it's the nuance, the appeal of the villains and the flaws and the heroes, and that crackling dialogue, and its recurring themes of history, the inescapable of who we are and what we've done, that makes it something special. And I'm very excited to see what Raylan and company have in store for their return. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.